Welcome back to Thinking About It. Stan and I, we gather on a fairly regular basis to think about things that we think about, hoping that there are people listening like you uh, who are interested in the things that we are thinking about. Stan, what, are, what do you want to think about now? Well, Bob, I, th- I, I think we should talk today, think out loud here about church unity and uh, dealing with things that sometimes polarize the church sometimes uh, create a kind of disunity that just makes the church an unhappy place and not focused on mission and not attractive to to outsiders. So tell me, I I know I'm reading, at least, that a lot of pastors are experiencing a lot of church disunity these days. Some of it revolves around differences of opinion about how do we be the church in the pandemic, how do we respond to restrictions and other things. There's a long list, probably, but what, what are you experiencing these days about issues right. and church unity? These days, or can I talk about the old oh, days? Oh, you can talk about the old <laughs> days, too, yeah. Uh, first of all, I think let's, let's agree that, that unity is a big deal in the New Testament, and that um, it's something that has to be stri- strived, is that right? Striven, strive? We must strive to maintain it. Let's put it that okay, way. We okay, we have to strive to maintain unity, and if you don't strive, you're not going to get unity. I think also uh, sometimes people mistake unity for inertia, and we're not doing anything, so we've got unity. Well, that's not good. Right, we're not doing anything we could disagree about. <laughs> right, and you know, Paul assumes that there will be issues, and people uh, will, will need to stand up and, and speak rightly to an issue. So I don't think we can re- just sit back and just assume that we'll be united because we're a church. That's my experience says otherwise, as does the scripture. Um, I've always, as a pastor, and you've been a pastor too, you've always tried to balance mission, let's do something for God. And, but any time you do that, you invite people to weigh in on it, and sometimes you just wish you hadn't done anything. On the other hand, you want to have unity. And so I think there's some say, let's not do anything, we'll have unity. And others say, no, let's forge forge ahead. Who cares if we have unity or not? When the dust settles, if half the people are here, at least we're doing something for God. I probably have some experience with that uh, in the past because I've been young in ministry and something about youth that they just want to change the world. God love us. God love them. I used to be one of them. Um, and churches love to hire guys like that that are full of energy and they want to change the world. But then what they do, foolishly, quite often, is just not regard the unity of the church. They don't think about how to sensibly roll out a program or a vision and how to gather consensus and and use the mission rather to unite people instead of divide people. I think I've probably been there, done that. Um, You and I were both once young Turks. Now we're older something, uh, yet to be determined perhaps. Um, But my sense is that that we, we have a pretty positive atmosphere right now in our church for which we can be grateful. I'm amazed. I... But, and, and, and we have that in spite of the fact that mm-hmm. some things have been happening here mm-hmm. that uh, 
have created disunity in other churches and other times and places. Um, tell me a bit about, about what's happening here now well, and, and, and this how is we're amazing. dealing with and it. I, I, I just can't stop talking about this. Um, everyone's interested in church planting, right? It's just a thing. And I've been in churches before where planting has been on the agenda, uh, but inevitably... What's supposed to be a good thing, a fundamental Christianity 101 thing, has created tension. People fight over that. They say, why are we doing this? There's enough churches going on, and we can't afford that. So here's, here's what I'm so excited about. Um, here at Grandview, by God's grace, we have planted a church within the last year. A church plant in a pandemic. Yes. Okay. And it's been, not only has it been successful, because you can have a church plant with collateral damage, right? And at least you got it planted. Some churches are planted out of a split. And says, oh, good. Well, at least we got a church plant. Okay. So not only have, have, have we seen a church planted on our watch, but the... The, the stock of leadership has been raised. Um, there's a, a sense of joy in what God has done. That The church, I think, is more unified here at, at Grandview. And I think one of, the, one of the reasons is, and I'm, let's not even talk about credit, right? There's just, there are, but there are things that the leadership here at Grandview have done that I think are um, the kind of thing that anyone who wants to do something should follow. So, for instance, when we planted a church, we began talking about it years ago. Yes. And um, it became something that people were hoping for, and then there came an opportunity with our fellowship. We weren't doing something on our own, uh, there was a sense of comfort knowing that some expertise that we didn't have as a church was was loaned to us by Tom Haynes and some of the guys in Feb Central. And then when one of our own guys, and we were praying for a leader, because that matters. <laughs> Leadership in a church plant matters. One of our own guys, whom we love, right, stepped up and said, I haven't been to seminary, but I'm interested if God is in it. And so we all looked at our, our guy. This is a young man that we love, and um, we became very, in a godly sense, proud of this, that he, he came from our own church. How can you oppose that, right? And so people were um, gathered, and we've also, by God's grace, brought into our team someone who can give that oversight. So we've got James on our staff who... Um, can give leadership to that so that the lead pastor isn't drawn away from what really matters. Uh, Not that this doesn't, but I have things that I need to do. So what might have divided the attention of the lead pastor and created a ripple effect in the church hasn't happened because there's a dedicated staff member who is giving all his energy to that. And then there were uh, meetings that people were welcome to come to, and this thing was talked over so much, and people had questions, were praying about it. Um, and then the Lord opened up 
marvelous opportunities so that this thing just became something we celebrated more and more. And then we kind of finally had the commission. And um, it's been the best church plant experience that I've been part of. And and at one key point along the way that you referred to, I I was a guy who raised questions about it. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm 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 prone that. I'm prone to ask impertinent questions yeah. or maybe even pertinent ones mm-hmm. occasionally. But when 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 you talk to us, when you talk to the leaders about the young man within our church who who was developing a vision for this, I mean, I was the one who raised what I think were appropriate questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He hasn't the, been to seminary. The, he hasn't been to seminary. Uh, he he's still being theologically formed. Um, is is this a wise move? Is it premature? I I I still think I raised appropriate questions, but but what what we had was an environment in which I and others could raise those honest yeah, questions. How were you treated? We I was treated respectfully, and the questions were taken seriously. Our prospect uh, was was vetted by denominational leaders who are responsible for examining people who are prospects to, to plant churches, and they said it's unusual in some ways, but we think we think it's right mm-hmm. to move forward. Um, I sat down with the church planting aspirant, and we talked about how he could facilitate his education while doing this. Um, in the end, I I came to say, you know, I th- I think it may be unusual, but it looks like the right way forward. So it, it is what unusual. It, what it illustrated was we we don't all see everything identically at at any moment in time, but we sharpen one another as we wrestle with the questions mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. So the the point of any discussion you and I had was not. Are you right or am I right? It was, okay, what, what's the Lord's will about what best serves the common good here going forward? And so, yeah. and so there's, there's the kind of a unity that's forged in the experience of, of saying to one another, I'm, I'm not sure I can go down that road now, but I'm open to talk about it and let's Let's wrestle with this thing together. Yeah, we talked a lot about it. And let me just say this too. Uh, Jacob, he's, he's listening to us right now. He's on the sound booth recording this, and I'm looking at him. And it occurred to me that another piece of this was um, a burden that he had for kind of a wonky church gathering. I never really got my head around it. Uh, he explains it in funny ways. But anyways, okay, Jacob, do it. So he gathered people together. There was pie involved. I think, what did they call it, the fruit group? The orchard. The orchard. the orchard, right? <laughs> so anyway, he's got these people gathered in there, and it's just kind of a groovy way of being the church. He never planned anything. I don't think he planned it. It just gathered. What do you want to talk about? They sang. And it gathered some people who were led by the Lord, I think, to think outside the box. And Jacob didn't know what he was doing necessarily, but the Lord did. And the church plant 
really came out of that. The people that would gravitated to that are the same people that the Lord used to plant the church. And so just on, on mul- multiple levels, it's been a unifying thing. Now, one more thing. we just got a few minutes left. Another thing that could have split our church apart, again, this Jacob's involved, right? He comes to the elders and says, we need a tech upgrade, tech buttons and wires and switches. Who on earth cares about that, right? A lot of money, a lot of money. Oh, oh yes. I, I don't even know if I should say it. It's obscene. It's a lot of money. And if, if you're going to fight about that's what you fight about. Right? Sure. That's what churches fight about. But it was necessary. We needed to do that. Jacob convinced us that this is a vital tool that we need, especially with COVID. And so we enter into this. A decision has to be made. A special meeting has to be called. And we're a little nervous because this is the kind of thing that people say, what a waste of money that is. Everything's fine. Just leave it alone. But we prayed about it, and uh, our chairman, God love him, he, he said this needs to be well communicated. And so town hall meetings were, were held over Zoom. We had 100 people that came on Zoom over two nights. So if you couldn't meet one, you couldn't get one, you got the other. Uh, hard copies were made of a, of a very thorough proposal in three stages. And then a video was made explaining. I mean, this thing was so well communicated and um, people's opinions were respected. And I, I think what, what could have been an opportunity for Satan to just give us a, uh, something to fight over, not only has it resulted in what I think is a, a probably the purchase of this equipment, and that decision will be made at our, at our, at our meeting coming up, but I think even more important than that, um, we have experienced the unity of the Spirit. And these meetings, at the when we close them off, I just kind of say to myself, Lord, that didn't go as I expected. That was a demonstration of people coming together, hearing one another, deferring to one another, uh, respecting the leadership, being open. And uh, I, I just think that the unity of our church has increased um, because people were um, challenged and respected, and people want to be part of some, something that's doing something. They want to be part of a church that's moving forward. Sometimes they, they can sabotage that unwittingly, but in this case, uh, people have really responded. And I, I'm very grateful to the Lord for, in both the church planting experience and in this, this tech development proposal that the greater value as far as i'm concerned is that this church is, is has more unity than it did before yeah it's a wonderful thing it really is isn't it i mean we, you and i would both say the the primary sense of church is the community of people mm-hmm. but the church as in the building in which we meet mm-hmm. and the tools we have there is not an insignificant tool and as you say it's often been the occasion for serious division within the church and we can be grateful Mm -hmm. that as god's people have thought this through prayerfully together it has been an experience of unity and that's something 
to be very grateful for. And I for. honestly believe, there was a time when I said, this is God's will, it's going to happen whether you want it or not, right? I, I probably would have said that just because it's God's will. Who wouldn't want that? Youthful idealism yeah. of a pastor. But, but now my approach is that this will not happen. It's not God's will unless there's unity in our church family. And even if it is God's will and it's not our will, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abide with people who are out of God's will and not ram it down their throat. But as pastor, I, I'm saying I don't want to jeopardize the unity of a church. We'll find a way to go forward on mission, but not at the expense of destroying what is the greatest attraction that our church has, and that is the way we love one another and we manifest the gospel in our community. Um, You've got to find a way to have that and to be on mission, and one shouldn't be done at the expense of the other. Someone said they'll know, they'll know you're, you're my people by your love for one another. I like that. Yeah. Well, we've been thinking about it, and our hearts are encouraged. We hope yours are too. Uh, God's will done God's way doesn't have to split a church. Um, it can become something that actually unifies the church, and we're able to just share a good story with you. Thanks for listening to us. I'm Stan Fowler. I'm Bob McGregor. We've been thinking about it with you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.